Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Growth, where we share the wisdom, the stories and the insights from business owners. My name is John Cassier-Rice and I have the pleasure to be your host for this week's podcast. I am your local Federation of Small Business Membership Advisor, meeting and supporting business owners from all industries. Today we have Linda with us. Hello, Linda. Hi there, John. How are you doing? Wonderful, thank you. Great. Thanks for joining us. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do this. No, my pleasure. I'm really happy to do it. Fabulous. So tell us a little bit about your business, Linda. Um, so I work with organisations, typically with the senior leaders, helping them get their people on board when any cultural change or behaviour or values um, work needs to be done. So organisations come to me when they know they've got to do some things around, well, we've got our vision, but how do we get there and how do we make sure that we take people along the journey with us rather than it being done to. So um, a lot of my work is done around helping them get that or the, the things in place really in the organization to make it as easy as possible to transition to the, to the new normal, which is yes. a very favorite turn at the moment. <laughs> Fabulous. So I sense there's a bit of a story behind how you got into that role. Would you mind sharing a bit of your journey with us? No, not at all. Happy to. Um, I suppose it really started back in 2005. Um, I was working for a, an automotive consultancy at the time and my background was automotive through and through. Um, and we'd just been acquired by another organization and there were a lot of changes and luckily I was part of those changes, helping them sort of you know, bring the new culture in and looking what we needed to do. But then it quickly became obvious that our two worlds weren't going in the same way. And when I was asked to restructure my business unit to actually make it more profitable, um, I decided to restructure myself out of the job. Um, and that's what I did. So I saved a lot of money for the organization by not having me in. And the agreement was that I, I walked away with my key client, um, which then gave me the opportunity um, to have five days a month of solid income behind me um, to then start to look at going into different areas rather than just purely automotive. Um, so that was, that was fortunate for me that they agreed to me taking my key client. <laughs> Because it didn't feel such a big sort of step into the unknown, you know, when you've got a guaranteed sort of, you know, day's work behind you. Um, and, you know, right, that's tick the bills. I can pay everything that I need to pay. And now I can just start to look and develop and uh, really sort of think about the other industries that I wanted to get into. So but that's how it all started. Fabulous. So what's been some of your key learnings you've had along the way? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> um, I suppose for me, one of the key things is the openness and the honesty. Because uh, sometimes you just sit there when you're sitting down with a, a chief exec and they're telling you all these things and you're getting the very, very good gut feel for what's going on in the organization. Um, and I like to spend some time then unpicking that in the organization. And... I suppose at times I thought, no, I've got to do this. This is going to make it right. Whereas really what I should have said was, I'm sorry, I'm probably not the person for you. Or I don't actually think you are going to do what you need to do because your voice is telling me one thing. Everything else in the organization is telling me something different and they're not going to come together at all. So probably that thing in the early stages was I need the work. I need the work. I must do it. I must do it rather than going, sorry, guys 
I am not the person for you, you know, and, and perhaps giving them back a challenge to say, you know, if you're really serious about this, perhaps you need to be starting to thinking about you as a team first before you even try and engage with the organization. So um, hard um, to do, but um, I suppose as I've got sort of no longer in the business and everything, then I'm known now for somebody that will tell it as it is and give those challenges back when I think that maybe the organization is not in the place that it needs to be at that particular time. Yeah. And I think that honesty is really important for the long-term relationship with clients. Uh, absolutely. And, and it served me well because um, just sort of before lockdown, um, one of the clients that I did a, some work with a uh, couple of years ago contacted me and sort of said, um, I've now become chief exec of this new organization. I need your help. Um, so, and, and, and that was lovely that he actually had remembered the work that we'd done together. And I was one of the first people that he, he reached out to. Um, so, yeah. And I, with that relationship, I've also sort of, you know, set the boundaries very, very clearly about what I think that I'm capable of and how I will best serve the organization. Um, and he did have a particular problem with another part of the organization. And I sort of said, look, that, I'm not your person for that part, but I know somebody that can help you. And so we worked together to get somebody else on board to help him with that. So, and, and that trust and that honesty is really, really important. Yes, fabulous. So if there's a business owner listening to this and they, they're interested in maybe changing the culture of their business, mm, what are yeah. some of those steps that are worth taking? I, I think one of the, the, the key things for me would be always to try and understand, okay, so why do you think the culture needs to be changed? What is it that has brought you to this point in time? Um, and it could be a number of things. It, it could be that their uh, vision has changed for, the, you know, for what they need to do, especially at this particular time. Or it could be that there's been a number of changes in the organisation itself and now is the right time to start to look at it. And I think if a, a senior leader can't articulate that for me, then my work with them is to really sort of say, OK, so fine, come on, let's go back to the basis and really start to unpick it. Um, and one of the important things for me when working with any organization is that I'm very, very clear. And so are the people that work in that organization about why are we doing it? Why, why do we need to change the culture? What is it that's broken is typically the first question that people ask. And it's not about anything's broken. It's just about it is different now. We need to be doing things differently. And so to get that engagement from the employees at a very, very early stage requires the strength of character um, from the leadership team to say, guys, this is the way, we, you know, what we've got to do now. This is the way we've got to move forward. Um, and using all the right terminology and everything to get them to understand that they're going to you know the employees are going to be part of that journey. And that's really, really critical for me that we involve people at all levels across the organization at every step of the way, you know, and hear their views because they're on the ground, they're at the coalface. They know what's wrong in the organization and they will tell you if you just listen to them. Yes. <laughs> you may not want to hear it, <laughs> <laughs> but they will really, really have their finger on the pulse of some of the things that perhaps you don't always see as a, as a business owner. Yes. And there is many reasons why a culture may need to change as the company grows, goes in a new direction. 
Absolutely. And, and sometimes even if a, an organization has got to shrink um, and, and, and change its focus as well. So um, it's always interesting when you see the organizations that are growing really, really quickly, because um, sometimes the people side of it is the last thing. So the people in the culture, and then suddenly somebody wakes up one day and says, oh, we need to sort this out, you know, because they've just been sort of steamrolling ahead and getting people on board and everything. And perhaps they haven't got that infrastructure behind that sort of says, you know, this is the way that we should be looking at how we recruit people, how we engage our people, how we sort of you know work with our people, the, the process stuff sometimes. And, and, you know, how does technology play a part in that as well? So, um, yeah, there's, there's lots of reasons why. <laughs> <laughs> so, so connected to that is then the values. Uh, so, um, and I think a lot of companies, regardless of what size they are, will have a value they live by. What would be some of the ways you would implement those values? Uh, yes, that's interesting because I, I look sometimes at organisations when I go into them and see on the wall these words. Um, and all brightly coloured, obviously, because, you know, that's what gets the engagement. Yes. Okay. Um, and you know, if I ask any of the people in the organization, tell me about the values in this organization. If they can't really articulate sort of, you know, what it means to them in their everyday, if they just spout a loads of words sort of, you know, sort of coming off of the page, these are our values and this is what we mean. I, I get a little bit suspicious by that because for me, the values that work well in an organization are really truly how people do everything within that organization, that they understand the messages behind the words that are on the wall. Um, and they can pinpoint anybody in the organization and say, yeah, they, they actually do all of those things. They actually demonstrate and they actually live and breathe those things rather than they are just words. So um, to, to me, that's, um, something that needs to be really bottomed out in an organization, something that actually is there if you peel back all the layers, you can see that everybody is behind that. And they, they understand and they know what good looks like as a demonstration of those values and everything, but also what bad looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because values are abstract words. They're like excellent, yeah. uh, yeah. purposeful. And what you're saying is where you pick up what the true values of a company is, is through people's behavior and actions. Oh, totally. So if I'm working with a, an organization and they've got a value statement, I quickly say, right, okay, so what are the behaviors that we'll see? What will we hear? What will we feel when we go into the, the organization and engage with the people? For some, that's a bit sort of like, mm, feely touchy because we're talking about feelings, you know, and they don't... Feelings and business, a lot of the time, people have this misconception that they don't go together. Whereas really, you know, if you walk into some organizations, you do automatically get attuned to what is going on there just by some of the words that you're hearing, some of the actions that you see, some of those behaviors. Um, and that's really, really important for me. So, you know, a value statement is one thing, but what are the behaviors? What are the sort of actions that you see that support that underneath is really, really equally important. Fabulous. So if there's somebody who's got a mission statement and they maybe suspect it's not really anything but a bunch of words. <laughs> what, what, 
what could they do to uh, start to create something that's alive and vibrant? I think one of the things for me would be to actually go and test it in the organisation and, and, and talk to people and say, okay, so what does this mean? And for some, that'd be very, very easy to articulate exactly what it means. For others, they'll just go, not an idea. I'm just here to do a job. You know, this is my job and this is what I do. And they, their peripheral sort of what goes on around them, they, they just don't have any idea. And, and to me, that's a, a real shame because there's a disconnect. I appreciate that some people just want to come in and do a job. But I think you can get so much more out of the people in your organisation if they truly understand what that mission statement actually means and how they bring it to life um, so that it becomes a very integral, an integral part of the organisation as a whole. And have you got an example of a company, in your opinion, that walks the walk and not mumble the stumble? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I suppose in some ways that I would uh, automatically go to, um, I took on an interim role um, for a housing association and they were going through a period of significant change. Um, and in order for them to achieve what they wanted to do for the future, it was, we really do need to go back to some of the basics. And so we worked with the whole of the organization, engaging people across the organization to really be very, very clear about, you know, the, what, this is the mission, this is the, the values, these are the behaviors that we expect to see. Um, and it became something that was really short and sharp and snappy. Um, and we even did um, games to sort of um, embed it into the organization. So a bit like, you know, if you're a, this person, a call operator, so tell me how you would demonstrate this. And so they could really get involved with it right the way up to the chief exec. Um, and just after I left, um, the organization went through another merger. And it was great to see that the mission statement, the values, the behaviours were adopted by the merge organisation. So for me, that was something that was very, very, it was a great achievement. I was really, really proud of it. Um, and, you know, I couldn't have done it out without the people in the organisation because they played a major part in it. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. And I think one of the messages that's coming through everything you said, it, it is about people. Mm -hmm, yes. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I am not your person. If you want something about process, no, forget it. If you want something around the people, then I'm really, really happy to work with organisations that uh, they may not know how to do it, but their whole sort of you know, being is around, well, if we get the people side right in our organisation, we will achieve some incredible results. Um, you know, how do we motivate our, our, our people? How do we give them the autonomy and the responsibility to make changes and to be innovative because they probably, as I said before, will know what needs to happen in an organization to, to make it the best it can. Fabulous. And if there's somebody listening to this and they, they're lit up by what you've been talking about, the culture, the values and the innovation in people, how would they contact you? Oh, I'd, I'd love to speak to people. I'm really happy to do that. So um, my email address is peopleprogression, or one word, at gmail.com. And you can reach me through that or on my telephone, um, 07866 682753. Or you can find me on LinkedIn. So, uh, But I'd be you know, really happy to talk to anybody that even if they just sort of 
want to bounce some ideas around um, or those that um, sort of think, mm, I'm not really sure where I need to go with this, but it'd be good to talk to somebody that has perhaps got a little bit of experience uh, that can help me. Excellent. I will put that information on our website as well. So help people find you. That's lovely, John. Thank you. Thank you. And if you know of any other business owners or entrepreneurs that would be great for this podcast, please do let me know. I will do certainly. It's been a pleasure. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. So this has been a podcast by business owners for business owners and sharing ideas and innovations and insights. And until next time, talk to you soon. The Federation of Small Businesses with practical help for business owners such as employment protection, navigating the complex, time-consuming and costs of up to £100,000 per claim for each of our members. Any questions, contact me at john.cassidy-rice at fsb.org.uk.